And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full, I've traveled each and every highway and more, much more than this. I did it my way. Uh, See? We don't force anybody here. <laughs> <laughs> no coercion at all. No, nothing whatsoever. That was a great intro. <laughs> That's why we do it that way at I love TCL. It. So we I just love get it. the ball rolling. You did a great job of Thank it. Thank you. See, like you're trying to get it's out. Been a of long it. Trying time to pass now. it on to Agostino there. He's, huh? got, a, he's got a beautiful voice. Could have been he a just, duet. It would though. mess up all the audio. You guys could have did Kenny years. Rogers and uh, Dolly Parton when Islands in the Stream or something like that. I could do. I could do Kenny. <laughs> you would have to do Dolly. <laughs> I got to train like for 15 years like this guy to do that. I could definitely do Kenny. <laughs> Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Thanks it's for having us. It's amazing to have man. you guys on the show. I, I love what we're going to talk about. You guys are going to share the whole uh, your story. We were talking a little bit about my story, but we're going to talk about your story on this show, right? So. Let me share out the deets to everybody here. Revelate is here. Nick and Agostino from Revelate is here. Triple uh, W Revelate.com and it's uh, info at Revelate.com and on social media on IG it's Revelate.inc but on Facebook it's Revelate no dot inc and then same on TikTok or no, no TikTok. dot no dot on TikTok. We haven't right? done TikTok yet. Ago doesn't want to dance on camera. Nah, <laughs> you don't need to dance. TikTok is well. TikTok could be smart if you're using it right. It's getting there, man. It's getting interesting. Is what yeah. it's getting right. So uh that's it that's all the deets right there and then uh, yeah the the email the website and everything so where do we want to begin this it's your rocket ship how long you guys know each other oh geez since uh yeah since high school okay so why this idea happy accident okay and so you want to tell this one somebody had a band-aid afterwards or what he you know my entire family is in the trades in one form or another growing up i I dabbled but was never really good um two left hands two right feet kind of what was your dad what trade he was a carpenter okay finished carpenter he did rough in uh my brother everything uh my uncle same thing i'm gonna guess dewalt no hang on a sec no 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 my mistake bosh yep (laughs) yep Um, yep so, you know, but my path in life was more on, on the, the financials, the more business development. Um, Which we need. And a, a little undercurrent of, you know, psychology, human behavior, stuff like that growing up. Um, in 2019, we started our first venture together, which was driven to fix the financial service problem. The idea was... The model itself is broken because it's not a function of following a process. It's a function of buying a product in an effort to achieve an outcome. But there's a process that needs to happen based on the outcome that never happens. Systemically, this isn't, you know, we understood that everybody needs to profit. In order for a business to thrive, it needs to grow and generate revenue. We understand that. But at the end of the day, if you're actually going to work towards change and going to sleep matters where you don't wake up feeling like a piece of um, 
lumber. Um, How many tradespeople wake up one way or the other? Right. Right? On a daily basis, even on weekends. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. So through our development of that particular venture, we were getting a lot of, a lot of like, guys, we're trying to build this business and we don't know what to do. We're trying to build this business and I'm, I'm tired of this. I've been doing this for 15 years. I've been doing this for 30 years. I've been doing it for 25 years and it's the same shit. Nobody cares. I can't figure out how to grow this thing. Yeah, I make good money, but at the end of the day, I feel like garbage. And then it's like, okay, well, wait a sec. His brain, you know, talking about this for the last what, five years now, um, I, I've always I've always described his brain looking like the back of a Swiss watch. You open it up. He's the type of guy that you know if something's st- sitting on a table and it's not straight, he's gonna be the guy that fixes it. I'm the guy Align that things. All right, and I'm the guy that looks at the problem. Right, I've always naturally gravitated towards that. So I said, "Og, here's an opportunity. There are a lot of our clients that are in the trades that." have never had this conversation before. It's how do I properly build an infrastructure? What does it mean to build a team that's going to support the vision of my organization? What does that actually look like? What are the pieces I need from a financial standpoint, for an opera- from an operational standpoint, from an accounting standpoint, from a legal standpoint, top to bottom, how do I prevent catastrophe? How do I have conversations that keep me in business because of the quality I'm, I actually got into business for. How do I inspire my team to do this stuff? We're like, okay. These are all great questions. Mm-hmm. Back and then when you guys got started, how many trades were actually asking those questions? That's a great question. Answering those questions. We noticed that there's, there's slowly become a, tra- a change of the guard. I don't know how long that's going to actually I take. I see it, yeah. But those questions are, are becoming more relevant for sure. They're not happening at the pace that they need to. And that's where Reveille was born. Because the idea is, is if we can get in front of enough people in this field that want to thrive and everybody gets into business for the same reason. I would imagine it's one, to be able to provide a particular lifestyle for everybody they care about. And two, because they don't like taking orders from people. Problem is, more times than not, if they don't start asking the right questions, they're going to end up having to take orders. And they're not going to live the lifestyle that they want because no. struggling with their employees to convince them that they, everybody's got to follow the same vision when them, they themselves have a hard time actually mapping what that looks like. You know, it's so our, our primary mandate is go in, understand where all the clutter is, reorganize everything with the organization so we can get things back to building on that vision, executing on that vision and figuring out what, we talk about this a lot, Manny. Misaligned expectations. Yeah. Right? When we see it every time, it's not, and regardless of the size, it could be a million dollar company, it could be a $50 million company. Employees are over here, employers are over here. And there's some overlap, for sure. But it's never like this. I know. Right? So the employees think they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. The employees are like, why the hell aren't these people listening? And our Too job. Too many loan ships. Yeah. Correct. But they don't, they're not looking for that. I kind of compare it to going to the optometrist. 
I kind of compare it to like sitting in that chair and having that apparatus put in front of your face and just you're hearing somebody, you don't know who it is, but they're saying better, worse, mm -hmm. better, worse. Mm -hmm. And I don't, that's where the lone ships comes from, where it's like you're getting tradespeople that are designed in general to be loners. They don't understand how to focus on being a collective. And I think that any successful business, if you want to look at it from the outside inward, mm. you'll quickly realize that there's a network that they're growing. Whether it starts with one person, then a second person, then it becomes four people. It keeps on growing that way. And I totally see where you guys are coming from and, and how it helps. Exactly. It could help. But I guess the first step is the company, the business, the person has to first ask for help. And that's a mandate. That's so hard. To work with us. Yeah the first thing you have to actually want is growth. That's a, that's a challenge. That's, yeah. you know, everybody wants money, but growth means change. Change means uncomfortable. Sometimes, sometimes it's, you know, we've worked with a lot of cool people that, that they want change, they talk change. Everybody in the organization understands and, and understands the beat of the drum. They're not absolutely following it, but they understand that somebody's playing the drums, right? So going into those particular organizations isn't as difficult as somebody set in stone, no pun intended. You know, I've been doing this for 50 years. My, my father was yeah, doing that it. Mentality. And this is the way it's going to end. You go in there and it's a toxic culture because... Mm -hmm. You're you only hurting yourself. Right? You've got to give people an opportunity to say, this is how I do it. I don't know if it's right with how you want to do it. What we found is there's a, there's a, a relief that comes on both sides because one of the first things that we do before we actually dive into it is, okay, let's talk about how you do things. Yeah. Okay, now we know how you do things. Let's talk about how you want them to do things. Okay, now we understand how you want them to do things. Guess what? This is where it is. So if you want this, one, we got to talk to different people. Because they've never been a part of that world to actually have the skill set or mindset or even capacity to do the work that you expect them to actually do. Number two is the common sense challenge. Or that, lack thereof. Or lack thereof. But again, we're not, it, it's not, it's a very different environment as far as how people are taught, how people are trained, and what they, they bring to the work site. So... You can fight it as much as you want or understand it and figure out how to make it work because otherwise you, all you're going to have is toxicity in a culture, work environment. It's going to hurt profits. Well, because that's, I mean. It's ironic because any good tradesperson that's running a business, and I'll just, I'll bring up a little joke is watch a tradesperson or an owner of a business ratchet strap down a load and what's the last statements ever expressed when they finish doing that ratchet strap tying down that ain't going nowhere mm -hmm. they always say that and any person that takes pride in their skill and what they do they go that extra mile to use a specific glue to do a specific nail pattern they're building it to last a long time you guys are talking about building a brand for a long time and everybody in construction and other industries too mm -hmm. look at the short term I want it quick. I need to get this fixed fast. I need to evolve sooner. It's not how it works. The problem, I guess you guys will know this, 
it happens slowly over a longer period of time. So for you to fix this problem, it's going to be just the same on the back end, but you have to be committed to it. Yeah, we're building that foundation to the business, right? That organizational structure from A to point B, that's what's helping grow that brand, not necessarily from a marketing perspective, but from an organizational perspective. So your team is aligned with that same goal. Who's more inclined to see what you guys are presenting, the younger trades or the older trades? It's mm. a good question. Because the older trades, like you said, they're stuck in their ways, right? But I think that they're kind of coming around. Yeah, you'd be surprised. We, we see it in both areas. Okay. Um, you know, some of the, the guys that have been in the industry for 30 or 40 years are still very open to the conversation because they still want growth. They still want that streamlined, efficient business to essentially, like everybody else, increase profits, yeah. right? So they're always looking at it from that perspective, even if that, well, let's say, growth or change perspective is sometimes uncomfortable for them, they're very open to it. I want to ask you guys, because you brought up a term which is really good, to a tradesperson, to a business owner in construction, what is good money? Hmm. We all have our idea of what good money is. You have to decide on your own. Hmm. I mean, I listen, I've done enough shows that I know the stats on what GCs make. I know what all the trades make and, and ballpark-wise, Canadian dollars or what have you, around the world and things like that. But what is good money to them? When they come in here, it seems like from the outside, these businesses are making good money. But I guess the money's not being, I guess, absorbed efficiently. So that's a great question. I, I the, the the this one this one is surprising to me and frustrating to me and I'll tell you why I say that there's a stigma in this business this is how we make money and there are margins associated with the way we make money and that's just the way that it is yeah fine we understand that there's a certain way to price a job to generate new work so on and so forth but you can't forget about the back end because if it's taken your crew an extra three days to do the job that should have taken, you know, three days less, that's eating away your profits. And if you start looking everywhere throughout your entire organization, there's two ways to make money. There's pricing a job and then making sure money's not leaving the back door. Yeah. And this is, this is the frustrating part because it is so easy to get trapped into finding new work. Absolutely. No new work. Guys can't have to stay home. So on and so forth. Slippery slope. Get it. But now, again, you want to grow. The sooner you start to realize that it's not just one side. It's you have to think holistically now. Yeah. Right. So what does that mean? Well, are my guys given the tools, no pun intended again, to actually execute? This is what I need you guys to do. This is this is another thing that frustrates me. You're building a brand, and there are a lot of really cool brands out there. Ask an employee, what's the vision of this company? Most of the time, they won't know it. We're plumbers, yeah. or you know, we're in electrical and quality, and great. Love that you're, you're hearing the hot words, and it's important that you can explain it if you need to, but there's no, co there's no cohesiveness. There's, it, it's always a different answer, and it depends on the time of the day. Some just shut down. You can see, I don't know how to answer It's a this face part. value answer. And I don't think from a supplier all the way to the top person, 
it should be a face value answer. I think that if you build a brand, your suppliers, your sub trades, your employees, they will not go quick to just say, I'm a plumber and I handle the plumbing. They should come up. It should be something different. And that starts with you. That's running the business and the brand. You need to instill that mindset into that person, right? I have always said it that it's a reflection the person who's actually just dropping off material for you. That's a reflection of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and this is another thing I found. I find amazing because most of our clients are really big sports fans, different sports, huge fans. They would bleed for their team. Mm -hmm. Go to a game, paint their face, whatever color it happens. It, it needs to be. Bring that to work. Your guys should want to bleed. Team. Right? Yeah. The, 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 the camaraderie that your favorite team is building that gets you jacked up and ready to go, these are all tools that you can put in your bag and get ready to bring it to the site the next day so that instead of people jumping ship, turning, turnover rate being, which in this industry is nightmare. Because you now you're going back to the good money they get wind of another job that is requiring my skills. That's maybe a dollar more. Maybe it's two dollars more, and they just think I'm jump. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't got no reason to stick here. And and now these companies that are on the path of growth are getting side blind, uh, uh, blindsided because three of my my key guys just took off for three dollars more. I'll tell you what, you wouldn't change your team if somebody asked you no. to vote uh, to to go for Montreal. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. How do you? How do we build that in? And it starts from that. It, it, what we've seen is that uh, by aligning expectations from the onset of the conversation, even just giving these guys and gals an opportunity to talk about their expectation for a second, it actually opens the room up to this is the kind of company that I work with that actually gives a shit. And I'm not just showing up because I'm getting paid X amount of money. That's that's the mind shift that... that Revelate as a brand is is hoping to to you know to achieve critical mass with it's this is an industry that serves as the backbone to every luxury platitude we we experience on a regular basis and without it nothing is possible but for some reason or another nobody gives a shit to actually make it what it needs to be it feels like there's like a good enough cloud over every city infrastructure that this is just enough construction that we're doing uh, just enough people are happy about it i'm making just enough money like there's that whole kind of everything's balanced don't rock the boat kind of thing yeah which is not right i, I want to ask you guys a series of first questions to ask like when you've got a sub trader you got an employee and you asked them hmm. what's the first thought regarding your trade like are you supposed to just answer i'm a plumber i'm an electrician i'm a carpenter I, I always argued with people that have been on the show where like don't ever add just in front of anything. Mm, like agreed. it doesn't make any sense to me, right? Like there's more. I've had arguments where I've had clients come on site and belittle us because they are some mm. high level executive consultant people working with huge brands and all this other stuff, and they would just speak down to tradespeople, blue collar yeah. people, and then the younger guys would be a little disjointed by it. And I would always look at them and go, "Listen, don't be. The one thing they can't do is build a house." And that's the one thing that you do really well. And so take much pride in that. So it's like when you're asked this first question, like, what exactly is it that you do? Who are you? 
Because you, as a business owner, you want to ask that question to that person to find out where do they fit in this brand that you're building. And you're more than just a trade. Mm-hmm. How do you guys handle that when you're speaking to your clients and getting them to... Because I guess with you guys, it's almost like take everything out that they're so used to, whether you're old school or new school, take everything that you're so used to and we're starting from scratch. Whiteboard clean. Yes and no, Manny. And I'll tell you why I say no. Because well, this is where the human behavior psychology component comes in. Change isn't an easy thing to do, regardless of how much we want it. Yeah. Quit smoking. I don't want cancer. Got to quit smoking. I say this as I light up. Right? I've been doing something for 10 years, 15 years, two years. Okay? Ask me to change it? Mm. Right. So what we're looking to understand isn't so much what change, but what not to change. Because if we can focus our energy on what they do well and get rid of the junk that prevents them from doing what they do well, the numbers and productivity are through. One, two, coming to work, there's no more confusion. I know what I need to do. I know why I'm here. I know what part of this team I serve. No more confusion. I don't have to worry about stepping on their toes. They don't have to worry about stepping on my toes. I know that management is going to value me for the piece that I bring into the puzzle. Management is going to know that they have a crew that is ready to bleed. And the owners, the founders of the company, now they can enjoy the fruit of their labor. Or realistically, the companies bring us on for two reasons. One, growth or exit. Because again, in this industry, you know, you've been doing it 25 years. Joints start to feel a little bit different, right? It's interesting you say that they come in for one or two reasons, which either growth or, or exit. Is it a 50-50? Mm. Are they at a point where it's like, listen, I'm Sometimes done. it's the same conversation. Really, yeah? Yeah, because yeah. I got to gross because, I, you know, this is, I've built a life, and, and, and that's the other thing about this that, that baffles me. This industry really doesn't have limits to the lifestyle it can provide for. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. The only thing that, that limits the lifestyle is the mindset. Yep. I see it all the time. It's, 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 it's humbling. Now, once you've achieved that particular mind, um, lifestyle, there's no going back. You know, I, I have my, my toys. I have my you know, weekend activities. That has to continue. Yeah. So this is the number I need before I can say, I'm riding off into the sunset. Thanks for coming. Some guys, it's a number. I've done it. I'm tired. Help me. Some guys, it's, I don't want to, I've built this to build it, and I want this to continue. So maybe it's, I got a crew inside the team that, that, that are bleeding next to me, and they deserve to run it. But an interesting and important element to, to, to appreciate when you're building that key person is they didn't wake up in the morning with the same fire doesn't mean they don't have fire in their belly to push gets chipped away okay it's a different fire yeah when it's yours and it's your on the line there's a different mindset than the guy or gal that's coming to eventually take over they've haven't been in the trenches of the bank calling because they're you know they need to collect their monthly they're not because a customer called and said, hey, what the heck, what kind of company are you? They didn't, you know, some of them have been in the room with those conversations, but they get to go home, right? So 
back to expectations. When you're making that kind of shift, that's not a slow journey. That's not something, okay, congratulations, here are the keys. I got all faith in you, good luck. Doesn't There's a transition that happens that... Yeah, like to that point, Manny, you were asking, you know, what would be those series of questions we would ask somebody? I think to that, like one of the questions I love to ask, whether it's a client, you know, as a business owner or employee, is their why? You know, you hear a lot in personal development and, you know, sometimes we ask the business owners why they originally started that business. That helps light that fire that Nick's That's talking about, right? That's our first question. Yeah. What are some and of the things that make <laughs> these people fall off that why train? Oh, man. Lots of shit, right? Yeah, going through the daily shit of... <laughs> The everyday troubles of work and business and but doesn't you know, that, all that like stuff kind of make you a better business person do you not learn lessons other lessons i think people just it's difficult to see past all that you get caught up in it on a daily basis yeah that you forget about why you actually started this and even from a, a an employee standpoint you know that whole i'm just electrician i'm just a plumber you start asking those types of questions to yourself and you realize you know it's it's more than just a job you're doing that for your family or you're doing you that because you're trying to grow your own company and eventually own a business one day. So like there's more to it when you really start asking those questions. And then that's what everybody should be asking themselves. But they don't really ask, like we go back to the beginning of the show where we're talking about how these are important questions to ask, let alone answer, man. Like you have, oh, to, you have to find an answer for this. Again, mm-hmm. man, it's a mindset thing, it, you know, and not to knock the, 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 the profession, you know, Give a doctor a screwdriver and see what happens. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's going to be important because it's going to be inside important. somebody. Don't get me wrong. It's it, it's a very important. They have real important skills. Not going to knock it. Mm. But to look down, this the, the whole hierarchy of of functions and roles is something that, as an organization, drives us crazy. It's why we focus on construction, because what Revelate does. Healthcare, <laughs> nightmare. Would love to get into healthcare, but realistically speaking, construction I find is more important in the in the in the development of an organization capacity. Of course, I'm not going to argue which one should come first in, in hierarchy of needs. What I'm saying is, though, there's a there's a, a misrepresentation of the value that. Mm. This, or, this industry brings to every person's life. That doctor isn't going to work in their Mercedes unless somebody straps on a belt that morning and builds that Mercedes. Yeah. Those factories, they didn't just spring out of imagination, right? Um, and the, the, the idea here is the organizations that the infrastructure, the industry is comprised of need to start recognizing the value that they and their teams hold in the collective society. Canada is, is, is you know, I, I, I read recently from, from, a, from an infrastructure standpoint, we have the most cranes in the sky. Right now, currently, we do. So what does that tell you? Uh, There's lots of opportunity here. That's what that tells me. Right. But all you hear is, you know, all the cool things they're doing across the pond or this and that from a, from a development standpoint, an infrastructure standpoint, and a productivity standpoint, and a progress standpoint. I know that the guys and gals in, 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 in the city are, are more than intellectual. 
So it's not a it's not a, a smart problem. Do you, do you think it's like a? I go back to I agree with you. It's a mindset because I, I I'm always I was extremely disappointed by Toronto's Opera House, and I'm just I'm an architect uh, person, also. right? It's a glass box that don't even look inside. It's just a glass box that's going from Queen Street to. Adelaide or Richmond? Which one goes? With, I can't remember. Whatever. I think it might be Richmond. Richmond yeah. from York to uh, that one side street beside the Sheridan, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a glass box, right? And it's not very interesting at all. But then, if you look at other cities around the world and you say Opera House, you have these images: Sydney. You oh, have yeah. these images: Italy. Iconic. Like you have these images, right? And it's like, why are we not? taking an opportunity same way that before we got on the mic we were talking about it was it was refreshing to see the challenges that were taken upon regarding the the rom the royal ontario museum mm -hmm. with the crystal you know mind you all the windows leaked and there was issues but you were challenging things but the thing is now it becomes a conversation so i know that construction big construction they make like 10 20 like serious figures that's going yeah. on here right they there's coin there but is it going back to the mindset where it's like i go right down to the residential side of things just give the client shaker kitchen cabinets because they'll be happy because it's new it smells new it looks new it's great nobody wants to take a risk but yeah. then i see certain people very few far and few on social media regarding residential custom taking a risk because i guess the risk is falling on them if it doesn't work out and there's too much security with clients going, yeah. I just want to get what's really safe and simple. I want to go that route. But I would love to see, this is Canada, to your point about all the cranes, why is there not more challenging projects going on? Because the workforce right now mm. would step up. 100% they would step up to pull that off, right? I would have no idea how to handle the commercial side or road infrastructure or all that stuff. Mm. That's all specialty skills and that, that you need that machinery For and, sure. and crews and all kinds of stuff like that but coming you know residential wise step up man like i mean i've watched subdivisions grow and i guess to the extent of subdivisions stepping up you got more than one cladding material that's a step up where you got the facade where you've got some sort of wood siding or wood composite siding mixed in with some sort of stone cladding mixed in with some brick or something like that. That's the step up part. And then the first floor is all open concept with two posts in the way because you couldn't get full coverage, right? Which is still on the safe conversation. It's still safe. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what I mean. It's Which like, doesn't get you very far. It doesn't get you far. It doesn't challenge us. What do, what do trace people do? They want to challenge and they want to overcome that challenge. Yeah. Right? Honestly, from... I've known people that have been in the industry for a long time and extremely well at what they do. And that's the part where they get tired. They, they don't have enough of a challenge and they look elsewhere. Like even different industries completely. Then you lose them and it goes back yeah. to that. And I've had my fair share of people that have gone in, did their share. When I say their share, maybe 10, 15 years. Mm. Yeah. And then they look at it like, mm, I'm going to get out, try something else. Might not mm. even be construction related. It might be a completely different industry. And then they'll try that and it works for them. Yeah. But it's a shame because now we just lost talent. Oh, well, actually, that's that's essentially my story right there. <laughs> in a nutshell, I was in the industry for, you know, now in one capacity or another, about 20 years, but about five years that I was working in construction, uh, I was an electrician, a foreman, project manager, um, and an estimate, uh, sorry, uh, an electrical inspector. So from there, you know, our skills of what we do now, that whole process development, I was that go-getter that everybody hated. <laughs> hey, here's a new idea, here's a new process, let's try this, this will be so much better, let's use this new tool, let's use this new software. 
And sometimes it stuck, sometimes it didn't, sometimes they were open to it, sometimes, you know, they weren't. But every time, the more often than not that I would suggest something and it was shot down like, sure. no, this is our way and we just want to stick to it, stop trying to change things. That's essentially what led me to starting this with mm -hmm. Nick. Like, if you're not going to appreciate this, I know people will. And I know I want to reach those people. It goes back to good money. It goes back to, I think, a lot of this type of construction, whether it's from the small to the big infrastructure stuff. Um, it goes back to we're going to get paid the exact same amount of money if we do it the mm -hmm. way that we're always used to doing it yeah. and working the way we always work. If we try to do this, there's a lot of risk that it may not work out better for us mm -hmm. and we might lose money. So then there's that fear coming from a tradesperson saying, I don't want to go that route. I'm going to go safe, simple. I can yeah. phone it in, literally mm -hmm. phone it in, which is such a shame. But I, I can see their point where why add risk absolutely. into an industry that already is high risk? Right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's not an irrational thought. You got to, you know, when you got sites to support families, there's a lot sitting on your shoulders. And, you know, quality often takes a back seat simply because at the end of the day, those are a lot of mouths to feed. We get that. The idea, though, is, is how do we accommodate both? And that's where Revelate comes in. It's we're, we don't want to take you off the tools. We want to keep you on the tools, but keep you happy. And more importantly, help you make money smarter. Your ROI, the risk that you take on a day to day, let us figure out how to maximize it so that the risk is worth it. You're not having to give up quality. You're not going to have to give up this, your, your sanity, your ethics, and the list goes on. You guys are always going to work. They're going to work in a better environment because we're going to straighten out all the, 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 the riffraff. And now... Everything is accounted for. But it's not just you anymore. That's the other thing about Revelate. Revelate isn't a, here's a bunch of ideas. I hope they work. Talk to you soon. It's, this is the problem. Here's the solution. Here's the team that's going to help you do it. And then they're there with you until you don't want to be there anymore. Where are the construction individuals losing money? <laughs> Where are you guys seeing Time. 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 And it, it can be the, the complex stuff mm -hmm. yeah. to the, we hear this one a lot. How am I supposed to, how do I install this, name something here? Right? Google, YouTube. Okay, cool. Or, hey, the, John. The efficient tools that are supposed to make our business efficient are actually making it more inefficient. Yeah. Put a phone in anybody's hand Monday morning. 45 minutes gone, regardless nice. of what they have in front of them. Yeah. You start adding, you, you actually start adding the numbers, and it gets scary really fast. We're not talking about 15 minutes. We're talking about a couple hours a day at a minimum. Are you, so, sorry? I was going to say on that, like, I'll tell you a story of back when I used to be a project manager, and this kind of opened my eyes to how some businesses run their companies. Um, like, we used to take on a lot of work, and I loved it. Like, I loved the drive. I loved the challenge. And, you know, the owner would keep me involved with that. Hey, we got this new project at the airport. We got this new big project. Like, it was big and exciting, and I was already overworked. I'm like, let's do it. That was that type of mentality. But <laughs> when it came to the point where even I was doing, you know, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, and I'm like, 
I could do this, but understand that I'm going to miss some things. I'm going to make some mistakes. So why don't we consider hiring somebody else, assist with this role? He's like, I can, but it costs me less to make mistakes. It costs me less for you to make some mistakes. And at that point, it <laughs> didn't quite sit right. Like, it didn't yeah. sound right. Yeah. Because, yes, you know, paying two project managers right now on paper seems like you're paying more, but those mistakes could cost you know $5,000 in work or it could be $150,000 to rework that one issue that may have been missed on a drawing and I forgot to tell the, the field staff to actually install that certain way, right? So it, it's not always just the, the brass tax numbers up front. It's all those numbers and the time that you're going to spend on those rework issues fixing the problems. I, I think that's some of the times, the, the part that people miss. Are you guys looking at businesses and um, showing them I can take your 14-hour day, turn it into 10, if not less, and still have more profit coming out of that same 10, 9, 8, 7-hour day mm-hmm. than that 14-hour day. That's what you guys are basically All doing. the time. Yeah. Because the thing is, the industry has been trying to do that forever on their own. But we've always, I mean, I think we've just gotten over the hurdle of tradespeople hiring accountants or physiotherapists, yeah. people that are outside of their wheelhouse to help them. Right. So they don't understand when it comes to something like this. I can't see it. I can't feel it. I can't touch it. How am I going to listen to what you guys are saying? I don't know what I'm looking at. Absolutely. And that's the, you know, outside your wheelhouse. That's a, that's a, an interesting turn of phrase. Accountants are amazing, but they can't do everything. No, they're not magicians. Okay. No matter how much we want them to be, there are independent disciplines under the accounting umbrella. Skill sets that some people have, some people don't. More times than not, what we see is the accountant's role in the organization is from a reporting standpoint, not necessarily from a strategic standpoint. Reactive. That's part of the mm-hmm. reason why we have our accounting team, because you need a skill set, a discipline that's looking at how you're spending money, how you're managing your resources so that one, from a tax reporting standpoint, you're getting out ahead. But two, you're not bleeding money in areas that you weren't paying attention to because the accountant is waiting for your bookkeeper to give them their information yep. so they can clean it up and send it. The right information. Our job isn't so much about, from, from, a, from the financial element that, that we're looking at, it's, it's not about just the, the, the filing component or the reporting component. It's the... Where's money going and why component? How do we spend money better? How do we keep money better? Where do we put money? Do we buy more equipment? Do we start selling equipment and replenishing it? Because from an enterprise value, that's hurting us. Because these are all variables that if you're actually ready to put this on the market, your buyer's going to want to know, but more importantly, need to see. And if you're trying to hit a particular number when that day comes, are you ready? How long is it going to take to start getting rid of this this particular issue? It's not something that happens in a couple of weeks. No, that's where I go back to. It's like it's, it's not a problem that happened overnight. It's a problem that happened over time. Mm-hmm. So, but our go-to when it comes to construction, what is our go-to? Like, okay, working good, hours are good, money's coming in, checks are coming in. Start spending. Hmm. Start spending on inventory. Start spending on new inventory. Start spending on other opportunities. Maybe start expanding on marketing. Maybe start doing this. All of a sudden, you're spending 
wrongly. You're you're spending not knowing the whole picture of your your business. I read a, a, a phrase recently. Um, just because your your calendar is full doesn't mean you're doing anything. But this is construction. They think since the calendar is full, that they're making. Does it work the other way, guys? Where it's like when the calendar is not full, are you really losing money? It can for sure. Okay. But this is the idea. So it's it's are we being productive with our time, or are we making our seal, ourselves feel good because we're busy? There's a balance to it. Let's figure out the balance so that one, when you're not busy, you can enjoy your time, and two, when you are busy, you're making the most money possible. Yeah. Back to working smart and hard. This is the, the you know, the, it's one of the principles of the, the, the whole model. You know, everybody knows that saying. Don't work. Don't work hard. Work smart. Yeah. Right? Great. No, but do both. Do both, because if you do both, it guarantees an outcome. Because for those days where you're not so smart, because they're going to happen, you got the days where you're you're killing it, and vice versa, right? What about the guys that just, I guess, are ego driven, and they just feel that we are big? Do you know who we are? Right. Like. I've got this many crews. I got this many trucks. I got this many jobs going on. Like we don't. But their need profit you. margins are five yeah. percent or ten percent. Is that what? It, that's what I figured. <laughs> no. So and that's blind that's the way it is in this industry. It's ten percent. But, but if you can show them and go, listen, I can turn that ten five. I can turn it into twenty thirty, which is what you should be making profit wise in construction. How do you do that then? You just got to start understanding where you're bleeding where you're losing and where you can start owning up more, right? That's all it is. And, you know, ego, interesting word. Lots of. But so I would rather have an ego about trying to be the best I can be and be proud of that. Somebody talks down to me. You, you don't know what I do on a daily basis to be the best person I can. Jump off a cliff over I am already the best I can be. So there's nothing that you're going to bring to this conversation that's going to make me better. Back to mindset shift, because if you're not looking for growth, we can't help you. And that person isn't looking for growth. He's looking for simple. They're looking for, okay, I make, like you said, checks are coming in. I got gas in the truck. Nobody's bothering me today. I can go home, watch a bit of TV, so on and so forth. Next day, repeat. My concern when I work with individuals like that is there typically comes a point in time where you start looking backwards instead of forwards. Mm. All the things I could have done. So now relationships suffer. Work environment is destroyed because now they're cogs mm -hmm. in the wheel. It's no longer a career. It's a job. Yep. The company suffers top, down, and across the board because now that mindset is becomes cancerous. This is what we do. The days of you problem solving in the early days when you started your brand and you realize this is what we're going to do. This is what we're about. This is how we're going to present ourselves. You had all these ideas over and over. You kept on driving around and stopping and making a note or writing on a piece of wood and going, this mm -hmm. is what our business is all about, right? Where are those days? Where are those ideas? That's not happening because you, you're right. You're, it became a job. We don't go into construction for a job. We go into construction to build a brand and build a career out of it, right? To build. Right? The, the spirit of building. And we get it. This is not an easy industry. Far from it. 
and we get it. More people are, are looking to, to take advantage than they are to, to actually support your business and help you grow. We get that. Understand. But make that work for you. There's mindset. There's a negative mindset. And there's a positive mindset. There's this life sucks. I hate this shit. Woe is me. And then there's this is hard. But I got to find a solution. This solution isn't working. So let's try it again. Let's try something else. Let's try something else. Yes, that is an extremely difficult road to follow. Absolutely. But at the end of it, you're still looking forward instead of backwards. Do we have most of the industry looking backwards? Most? I'm hopeful. Um, there's a gap now. Like, you guys know this. There's a gap going on. There's, there's the 40-something-year-olds that are on the verge of getting out. They've done their share and they probably have built enough of a nest egg that they can get out now. Mm-hmm. And then you got all the younger guys that are and girls that are coming in that are just starting out and they're just learning their lessons, right? But there's mm-hmm. that, that huge block in the middle that's not there at all. So when we get into the future about 10 years, there's going to be this, this huge gap in the road. Yeah. And so it's, it's, I, I, I think, it, is it a good thing at that point? Because now you have a, a mindset of the younger ones coming in going, I am going to try a bunch of new ideas here. I'm going to be open to a bunch of new ideas. Is that what's going to happen or is it going to be? I mean, if you're a fan of game theory, there's a lot of different outcomes that that, 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 uh, that particular question can take. Um, sure, that, that, could be, that could be an outcome. And that would be great because innovation becomes what it once was when there were no other options. Um, I find that you put somebody in an environment where they don't, it's, it's sink or swim, mm-hmm. in a safe environment where it's sink or swim, more times than not, with the right motivation, they swim and they swim well. Yeah. You put them in an environment that's not so safe, there's a, there's a, there's a, number you know typically everybody is familiar with the 80 20 principle yeah that's typically the number and it's not 80 percent success so the other thing that could happen is you have a very old mentality with an environment that doesn't gel well with that mentality the this mentality being guys go to work don't don't Stop complaining, go to work. We're all here to do a job, let's do it. Thank you very much. And this is like, but I'm, I need purpose. I need something more. I need to feel like I'm appreciated. I need to feel like I'm doing something with my time. To your point, that's a big gap. Yeah. So now, is, it an, is there an opportunity to bridge the gap? For sure. It takes the right initiative. It takes the right mindset. And again, ideally, Reveille wants to be the gap because the sooner we can start speaking more about the mindset required to actually achieve or get past the limits that have been imposed on an industry that limits should not be imposed on, the sooner this kind of conversation, this bridge of the gap can actually happen. Now we're having a different narrative. It's, guys, we get it. This is how it was done in the 70s. This is how it was done in the 80s. Get it. But now everything is, is tech this, tech that. Build as tall as we can. Glass, concrete. It's different. Are you okay with different? 
Are, or does that scare you? And are we trying to make it the well, 70s wasn't it again? Was different in the beginning? It was different in the beginning. Right? It was totally different in the beginning. Nobody knew how to do things in the very beginning. You didn't just go into the industry already no. know how to do that perfectly. So it's like, why are we not embracing it now? Like, I don't understand why they, I guess, how much of a data dump do you guys ask of your clients? Like, when they come in, how much do you want from them? Like, how much do you want to get into their nitty-gritty of everything that they run? Like, how, you guys got to get in there. It's a lot. It's a yeah, lot, yeah. yeah. So I figured. Everything from financials to processes. And a lot of times, they don't even realize that they have processes, but there's... Or the they're data. There, they're there to extend, right? Or the data. So by going through those questions of asking that owner, their team, the employee, knowing exactly what they do from a day-to-day basis, everything from that last click of a mouse or that last swing of a hammer, like we want to know from their office perspective to their field perspective, everything that they're doing along with those financials to really get that full big picture. And it's still, sorry, man, it's still very much a people business and God willing that never changes. So, that interaction is essential. That that collaboration of what this environment should be is essential from a data collection standpoint mm-hmm. because there are all, everybody does it a different way. Everybody tells yeah. a different story. That none of none of which should be overlooked in the analysis component because again, to make sure that we align expectations, not because there's the other thing, right? Short term, you mentioned it earlier. We don't want short term success. Okay, today it's everybody knows what they need to do, but three guys left. Three new guys mm-hmm. come in, and this happens again. So, by building the foundation with the right components and setting the expectation from the onset, we're only introducing new players to the game yeah. that understand the vision. So, now it's, it, it prevents the erosion. From an infrastructure externally. Now we don't have to worry that bad apples are going to join and start pulling us apart without us recognizing what's happened. These comp- this, this interaction is essential. Because if we don't understand what's, what you're not paying attention to simply because your day-to-day is about doing the job, we can't actually put it in front of you. Is the worst thing that you guys um, have heard from people coming at you and talking to you guys is a business that had such aspirations of being a thousand times bigger than what they really are. Like they gave up on the potential. Hmm. Does that bother you guys that you're meeting someone that had in their first year of construction career? I wanted to be this, but I never got to that. Now it's 15 years down the line. I never achieved that. Hmm. And it's just, do you guys see where they went off the rails and realize that, this is the reason why you guys ended up just being good enough and staying there and you're happy. You're just bringing enough revenue and all this other shit. But in the early years, you wanted to be a condo builder. You wanted to be a huge subdivision builder. You wanted to have all these huge crews and business, right? You guys see a lot of that? Absolutely. It's why Revely was born Yeah, because of that particular issue. It's, I have, I had a dream that was bigger than, yeah. than all ambition would be comfortable speaking about out loud. And it became a back to my. It, it, it became a, a, a mindset of growth to a mindset of survival. Nobody cares. It's just me. I got to do. Am I going to hand it off to? Or yeah. you know, I just need to make money now. And hearing a lot of the different conversations that you have, Manny, th- 
then there's the familial elements. It's, uh, you know, okay, I, I'm working 70 hours, 80 hours to develop a business that nobody cares about, and my wife doesn't see me. I barely spend time with my kids. What am I building this for? What the heck am I doing? And for the longest time, that's all we've, we were hearing, especially with the smaller guys that get stuck at a level. It's because they, 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 they stop looking for opportunity to grow because of what life dealt them at the time. But everybody is dealt all kinds of cards, and it's how you handle. Exactly. How do you, you react to it, right? Like, I still question yeah. sometimes, why are certain companies so big? And I know the inner workings because I've spoken to them. So I'm like, mm -hmm. you guys are just not flashy big. You guys are actually big. You're doing well. You're growing. You have a proper team. I can see these processes are all in place, and they're actually working. There's a, a huge amount of accountability and cause and effect. Ah. A massive amount of that, right? So they realize that Monday we're going to do this. If it doesn't work by Wednesday, then we're just getting rid of that, and we're going to do this now on Thursday. And we're going we're gonna to keep on. That's moving forward. Mm -hmm. But if you start your week like Monday, we do this, and then it gave us the same result, and then next Monday we do the exact same thing, it becomes insanity at that point, mm -hmm. right? That's what happens. But you guys see it all the time where you see these contractors come in, tradespeople come in, and they, they want it to be. Maybe, and then they blame themselves or they blame the industry. They go, we weren't given the right circumstances. I think it's a, it's, I think it's a, it's a, a mixed bag of, of nuts. You know, it's uh, time, circumstance, uh, ability, um, you know, bad luck. That's a big one. Um, yeah, bad luck is a big one. You know, I did it. I tried COVID. I did it. I tried Somebody and it seems me. like whenever they only try, it's always just they tried once, never really tried again. Yeah, well, success is not once, right? Exactly. Hmm. No, but they think it, that's it's, that's enough to try. Uh, that's seems like I tried once answer? and uh, you know it didn't work out. So now I have all the experience I need, and I'm not going to try it again. And hmm. but know. history has taught us that anybody who's tried more than once has definitely succeeded, right? And exactly. Your first sales call is not your always go to i don't know anybody oh, you need that under just made one sales call and got the deal it exactly. doesn't work that way right yeah so for you to change your business and to actually assess your business it's not a matter of sitting down one time and just figuring that out figuring out what's wrong hmm. it's a process like you got to take some time to yep. figure out what is really wrong and also what's right because yes you know they've gotten into at least the point that they are at so there's you know certain things that are working but you need to understand both right what about friendships and family and community? Are they hindering? Are they assisting? Because construction is construction, and there's a lot of family connections, right? Yeah. And also friend connections. You get a lot of younger trades that are working together, and they're like, let's partner together. It seems like it's a beautiful marriage in the beginning, but sometimes it just gets a little rocky or what have you. Same with family. Then it just becomes constant conversations over family get-togethers, and if a project's not going right, then the whole family is not right as a result of it. So it's like, are you guys seeing complications with that? Or, But you also seen like a lot of businesses back in the day, 60s, 70s, were all built off of that. So there's a, what we see is a, a, a true division of culture. So there are companies that, as I described, you come in, everybody's smiling. Even if they're having a shit day, music's on, having a good time, they're doing their job. Everybody knows what they're accountable for. Everybody's happy to be there. But the owner, down to, 
know, the laborer, they talk like this. It's not, yeah. hey, uh, I don't got time for you. Go back to work. Mm-hmm. There's a different environment. Then there's the other ones that, hey, you know, this is your job. Go do your job. If, 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 if you can't do it, that's okay. Because I would just post a, an ad on Indeed and we'll find somebody to replace yeah. you. Cause it's, that's the nature of the business. Right? Um, I think I think the, 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 the card that bleeds out into relationships is the money card. Right? It's in the beginning it was about building something together. Your buddies were building it too. They were in one trade, you were in another. Let's help each other out. Let's figure it out together. One friend did a little bit better than the other. So now they changed. And I don't know if we're, we're actually going to be able to work or I, I gave him a job. He didn't give me a job. And a lot of that stuff starts to happen. But again, with change, it's about mindset. So what are you doing internally to be a part of that table? be a part of that conversation. If you actually care about your friend the way you want your friend to care about you, you should want them to grow. But how can you be a part of that picture if you're not growing too? And brave enough to say, here's what I can add to that picture, right? It's, again, I mean, all of this is all about mindset, all of it. I feel like these conversations to start at school should start, like and I see this. There's a few uh, people that I know, GCs that have been in the game for a while, or probably just getting out of the game. That they're guest speaking at schools, trade schools, mm-hmm. and speaking to the trades and sharing their mindset and sharing mm-hmm. what there was value. But I think that it feels like this conversation should start at school, and the students should actually be asking a lot of these questions too. Mm-hmm. So you're preparing them, and and I mean school from school to apprenticeships to journeymen, all that stuff. It should all be a, a dialogue at that point, right? Mm-hmm. It's only going to better. And if you're the business that's already understanding this value, then you bring that mindset to them directly. And then they come into the workforce already thinking this way instead of ego. Challenging. We talk about it a lot. Pivot point. Mm -hmm. It's not something to fear. It's something to expect. It's going to happen. We don't know why. Maybe it's economic shift. Maybe it's market shift. Maybe it's um, the employment market changing directive. You know, we talk about, um, I don't know how you put it up, but, you know, when we look at change, you know, it's a generational thing Mm -hmm. that humans haven't recognized yet. It's not, this isn't, you made the point about looking forward. Every generation is trying to do something that the last generation didn't do. And the last generation is always the best generation, right? But if you look at the collective and say that as, a, as, as a, an animal, human element of what we've accomplished together, getting rid of the, the, the lines that we put in between all of those you know, generations, if you will, for this example, yeah. you can now start supercharging some shit. Um, but that's not, that's not what's happening, right? It's... It has to start from the the as as it has to start much earlier on than trade because if but if you're going to school so we're already too late by the time we are actually start having this conversation. Why are you going to trade school? Yeah, exactly. Chances are it's because there was something else that, or you you're not really sure what you're going to do, 
and your parents or your friends said, hey, go to trade school. Go make some money because there's good money in the trades. Is that what's going on these days with kids going to trade school? Is that it's more, it's, I, I, I get the sense that it's not so much that this is my last option before my parents kick me out or whatever. No. It's more of a thought process where, like, I'm actually going to go down this path. I feel like the more students are doing that. Is that not the case? You don't think so? So based on some of the conversations I'm having with the employers of the, 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 the businesses, I hear the talent pool they're dealing with is more pay me. You can't find somebody who can. I don't, and I would love to hear your thought on this, but if I'm coming into an industry to make change in that industry, I want to be a builder. I want to be a part of something. It's not to say that you should be getting ripped off, but you're looking for an organization that inspires that change. So that when I go to work, I'm happy about where I am. I am happy about what I'm a part of. The, the employee market is, is a scary one for a lot of employers right now, especially in this industry, because that's the narrative. It's if I don't give that guy that extra buck, I got to go and f- I got to be ready. That's what I'm hearing a lot of. I'd rather be telling the kids the truth. What's the truth? The truth is... You're going to get started just the same way that we've been talking about right now. The truth is that you're going to get started. You're going to love this. You're going to be excited about it. You're going to get on a job site for the very first time and be in awe of it as if you're looking at Everest and you're just going to be looking at the crews, how they're working, how they're a machine. You're just going to be like, I want to be a part of all that. And as an employer potentially hiring you, I continue that truth and I'd be like, listen, you're going to make this much. Your friends are going to tell you that you're worth more. You're going to go back to your friends and tell them to shut up because I'm going to educate you this way. I'm going to show you a path that way. And you're going to get opportunities to work with projects that I'm on, that other collaborators that I'm working with on. Like you're, I'm going to give you opportunity. Mm-hmm. You're going to see that your lack of funds now in the early years is going to springboard the funds later on. And I'm going to continue with that truth. And I'm going to keep on telling that young tradesperson, this is where you're headed. You are going to have these slow years, winter. You are going to have these moments. You're, you're going to confront a recession for the first time. You won't know what to do. You won't know how to handle it. You'll be worried because guess what? Your partner is going to say, I'm pregnant. And now you're going to be thinking, how am I going to handle all this stuff now? You're going to have problems come up and you're going to think the world's the worst right now. You're going to have negativity. Like, but then you're going to bounce back because you're going to be a part of a brotherhood, a sisterhood. You're going to be like, it's just, I would give them the truth. And just show them, and I guarantee you that student's going to look at it differently. They're not going to go, I'm going to go work for this guy for $2 more. But to your point, that brotherhood, that sisterhood has to be there. Yeah. yeah. That's important. Yeah. Because you're right. All of that is going to happen. And it makes it that much easier to go through when you wake up in the morning and you got a team to go to. But if you're going there and it's not that... Go back to sports, has, man. You has can, to go through the entire company, right? Like not yeah. just the owner providing that education. If they, then that new guy goes thing. back into the field and his foreman or journeyman or whoever is not portraying the same message of you know growth and education, then it's all gone from there. So should we be like, as cheesy as it may sound, Jerry Maguire mission statement handing it to every person that's attached to this brand oh. and go, this is our mindset. 
this is our brand. This is what we're all about. We take it a step further. Okay. Um, Typically, we go through vocation assessments because, to your point, I don't think this is a... If we have a a particular conversation in school, we can can really build some... I think people... And this is, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly young, so I can't speak about how it was done back in the day. But I know in our I'll days, <laughs> yeah, I know in our days it was, okay, you're 18. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? Yeah. Huh? I'm going out Saturday. Don't, don't ask me about Sunday. Yeah. It was like that back in the day. Okay. Yeah. It's still the same. If anything, it's worse. Because now you've got to know by 16. Because by 18, if you, you still don't know, good luck. And... Now, what am I good at? What am I actually good at? Because nobody asked that question. What do you like to do? Why do you? Li- mm. Back to Augustino's question. Why do you like to do it? Well, because somebody told me, or it looks like a good idea, or a lot of money. And to, 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 to make sure that we understand the environment, we need to know everybody's why. And what that helps us really understand, it asks those questions that we're talking about, Manny, which is, why are you here? Yeah. Do you, what do you want to be? What do you want to be a part of? What's ideal to you? Because it's not just about the company. That's the thing. It's it's a team, right? So why is this team here? Back to your sports analogy. Everybody wants to win. That's why the team is there. They're not I there to pass the time. A, a chat with a trade, and he was telling me how he compared construction and every tradesperson very closely to athletes. He compared them all to just as valuable as athletes. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the importance of what their duties were on the team, and it's very similar to construction tradespeople and what they're involved with, what their skill level is being brought to yeah. the table. And we've seen it when you're on a job site where it's a symphony. You've mm-hmm. seen a, a framing crew work. Everybody has eyes behind their back, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they know what their brother's sister is doing so they work in and then all of a sudden they unfold this work and you're like how did they pull that off right and it's not just the framers electricians everybody like it depending on the scope of work but they're athletes they're they're literally just working a physical mental it's not just lifting Uh. things it's thinking about how to lift things it's thinking about how to move forward how to get efficiency but that's you're right it starts from the owner from the top works down Here's our statement. This is how it works. Everybody needs to be on the same page. That's beautiful, man. And and to that point, like everybody has their own strengths and it's important to know what everyone's strengths are. So that choreography between that team is cohesive now. You don't give up on somebody because they're just not as good as everybody else in this one detail, but they're outstanding in this other detail. Again, back to the team. You go to an athlete and you go, well, that guy, that girl is going to be put into this position now because we know we can get that out of that person. Mm -hmm. And you have to respect them as an athlete. Yes. They're not, you know, you you can't expect them to pull, you know, a a 10-minute shift and then... Put them, keep them up for another 30 and then keep them up for another 45 and then when they fall to the ice, get mad at them because what the hell are you doing? Or in construction, a 12-hour shift. You can't <laughs> keep on pushing it. And what's really good is like I see certain crews, whether it's, most, it's mostly seasonal. You'll see how a good company is aware of the seasonal changes and whether it's extreme heat in the summer times or extreme cold in the winter times, mm. they're aware of their physical not limitations, yeah. but requirements. Capacity. That, yeah, exactly. So you don't, you don't drain the tank completely empty. Mm. 
you pace it so then they can take a break, go do this, rest up, warm up, cool down, yeah. and then get back into the game. Because we're still people at yeah. the end of the day. And this is a big one that oftentimes isn't really acknowledged. We get it. But it's more reactive than proactive. It's, I'll deal with it when I have to. Oh, somebody got hurt? Okay, let's deal with it. But let's be as proactive about the way that we want to run our business so that the outcome can be planned. We understand that plans change, but at least we're pointing in the same direction as opposed to hoping that we land there because we did a bunch of stuff today. Very different. I'm hoping that you guys are also coming across ideas of attracting more people into the industry through these data dumps, through these mm. assessments, through understanding these different level businesses out there, small mom and pop, one, two man person crews to like hundreds of employees, right? It's essential. It's essential, but it's just, I don't think anybody's got the foolproof solution for it. Systemic, to your point, do we start the conversation when they're entering trade school? Yeah, I know. Or do we actually show what the industry has to offer in elementary school? Because there's a lot of stigma, regardless of the industry, but why is there a stigma in any industry? It should be a function of what they want to do and celebrating the fact of what they want to do, being a part of an environment. Just because you, you come home and you're dirty doesn't mean that it's a bad environment to work. You, you worked hard. You actually did something with your hands. You built something. When you walked away, what wasn't there is, is now there. That's not something to, to consider a last resort vocation. That's something to be excited about finishing school. But as a whole rant uh, i don't know what, uh, how long we have we have plenty of time yeah. but it's a, again a systemic issue school isn't something that is is built in my humble opinion to nurture creativity and thinking big it's i agree with you i think school should be half of your trade journey and the other half should be on the job site you need your introduction to the job site Right, but that also factors into businesses operating a, a way that could compensate them for that, mm -hmm. because then you're investing no different than you're investing in an athlete. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to pay so much money in the future, realizing this person cost as much, and then get them on the job site and then not have this money mm -hmm. return as a result. Like we all hire people knowing that we can grow our business because now you have a value attached to your service. That's important. It goes back to we're running a business at that point. We're still a team, but we're running a business. Absolutely. And, it, you know, again, has to has to work from both sides. That's the idea. But you need to, the, the narrative has to be across the board. Yeah. It's, guys, this is, an, this is an industry that we don't want to turn into, you know, completely tech driven there are benefits to it but the moment people start thinking i need to get rid of people because they're causing problems in my company we have a problem and causing that problems are causing losses both yeah because again environment if i'm that that person that comes in and i'm wandering around unhappy because i don't have a place to actually talk about it in this industry many have heard a lot of your shows there are, there are certain things you can and can't talk about because it's just not that welcome to say, guys, <laughs> what I'm right. dealing with, right? So, but that's, an that, those environments, that, that 
those places of safety are essential to building a team. Yeah. But this is, again, back to a mindset shift. It's not just what we do for a living. It's how we want to do what we do for a living so that we're here in 150 years, 500 years, as opposed to, you know, what everybody gets excited about, which is robots and automation and tech and modular building and convenience building which is yeah it's good it's a segment of the pop of the industry you need it because we still need more industry Mm -hmm. building that's totally i agree with you here's the other thing that you can look at is that um, after we figure out our business and we start understanding where our losses are where we need to improve what's working what's not working and we build our core group you still get clients who question your value mm-hmm. and then look elsewhere to hire someone that's of lesser value that's not even interested in any of that stuff. But yet they present what the clients want to hear. And so now we have to compete against that, which I've always advocated about. Don't compare apples and oranges. You have to compare us with another like-minded individual, and that's a fair assessment. But we have to fight that battle too. I, I always, you know, you, you use the word, and I think it's it's uh, the, the best way to fight it. Okay? Being unique. Yeah. You might do the same job, but we're not going to do it the same way. No. So, if I can sh- show you how to celebrate that fact, as opposed to trying to argue about why that guy's way isn't better than yours, you'll win more battles than you'll lose. And that's, that's the, that, that is why... Quality is so important because most people, back to the 80-20 rule, they're, fi- they're fighting over speed. Mm. They're fighting over things like, you know, we can do this, that, and the other, but so can everybody else. But they know how to talk better. They know how to present it better for a myriad of different reasons. But when you have a united front that speaks to quality, that speaks to growth, from a Buyer's perception standpoint, very difficult to argue with because the guy down the street has a truck and a bunch of tools and he's going to do it for half the price. Don't get me wrong. I understand why some people might say, I'm going to take the guy in the truck. Viable option, yeah. Right? We get it. But again, that's assuming that you understand your business model because if you're arguing with those people, chances are your demographic isn't something that you're paying much attention to. Is speed... A false positive? Well, I use that as an example. But um, I mean, do, do business owners look at going, if we finish this job a week early ahead of schedule, we're going to make more money? Because I don't think that's always the case. I think it depends on how they price yeah. it. Yeah, it's, I don't think that's always the case. But they, that's the same mindset because maybe the other flip side is that if we take longer, we're going to lose more money. But that's not necessarily the case. You should already know going in if you finish it on this date or you finish it on this date, where we sit in financially speaking. But that's not you as the yeah. GC. That's the controller. That's a bookkeeper. That's an accountant. That's who is responsible. I've seen that. that when, let's say, they're pricing it on a fixed contract, yeah. then doing it sooner. But to that point, they'll compromise the time over quality. And I, I think that's the important part when you're speaking about time. Like You want that quality because that's what's even losing a week in labor the quality of the job is more important, both for the relationship of that client for return business, but also from them referring additional business that could actually be worth more than uh, you know, a few grand in labor. And this is where I speak about demographics because the people, the, the other companies that you're fighting against, 
dominate a demographic that you don't like, but because you either don't understand the multitude of different demographics and everything that goes into just working out that math, or you've been doing this for so long, it's what you know and you're comfortable at, and back to change, If I'm, it's worked for the last 10 years, so why am I going to worry about it now? Looking at your demographics isn't something that happens every 10 years. If you're not evolving in who you service and why, your company is going to make the same money forever. Or more importantly, start losing money. And that's a big issue. Now, if we're paying attention to these parameters, these variables that help us actually make money, we don't have to worry that somebody's going to cut our grass because let them take that demographic. Back to the numbers. This is why the numbers conversation and the operational conversation have to go hand in hand because you need to know how to spend money and where to spend money to make money. The sooner you know that, the less you have to start worrying or the less you have to worry about somebody taking your jobs, where you're finding business because it's now you're applying strategy based on a demographic and it's associated ability to generate revenue over I knew a guy that's going to give me work. But another five guys are going to undercut me. So now I have to bid 50 jobs a month so I can see five. And that's how I do business. Do tradespeople understand, truly understand what losing money means? Like, do they look at it and realize that if I'm doing it the same way over and over and I don't change, right? And I don't improve my business model. You do a job, you get it done, clients happy, whatever. You're not interested in stepping up. You don't want to advance. You don't want to try something new, try a new technique. When I say you're losing money, it's not that you lost money on that job. You lost money on the future projects that are not going to come your way yep. because you decided to keep your business model the exact same way that's always been working. That's losing money. In Agreed. my opinion, it is. Agreed. And, you know, uh, people are typically short-term mm-hmm. thinkers, right? So money today... I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And that's typically the issue. It's not all humans. It's, it's a lot of construction. It's how we are. And to your point, Manny, the sooner you start thinking about tomorrow, the sooner you can start figuring out how to maximize on its opportunity. Now we can get rid of the whole bad luck conversation because instead of it being a function of I get whatever comes to me, it's I'm paying attention to what's available. I'm looking for opportunity on a regular basis. I'm building my environment, my team, my organization, focusing on what's in front of me, not what happened yesterday or what happens to fall in front of me today. This helps you plan differently. Now, from a growth perspective, I can actually work out the math and figure out with my team what's possible, what's not, what the timeline looks like. Otherwise, we're guessing. Some people do it. It's interesting you bring that up because I, I notice when I'm speaking to more and more people that run businesses, when I ask them how their business is doing, just a generic question, mm-hmm. right? How's the business is doing? They're, the majority of businesses, their first response is, I'm booked until a certain future date. But the ones that are truly being profitable and being smart and forward thinking, thinking about tomorrow, they don't say I'm booked to a certain date. They say we're expecting a revenue increase mm-hmm. of this much. They get more specific with their answer. 
And I think too many tradespeople and, and business owners are just saying, we're booked until March of 2025 or whatever. And I'm like, that's not an answer. And potentially not enough. No. It and totally that's isn't. the problem. Yeah. I read a stat on uh, StatsCan. They, they do it every year. Um, I think it was uh, 50% of companies in the first five years fail. Yeah. To make it to 10 years, it's it jumps up to 70% of companies fail that last 10 years. After that, it whittles down even further. It's because companies aren't thinking about 10 years. They're thinking about that year. Okay, so I'm, I'm good for the summer. I have a lull in the winter. I'll ramp up in, in, in the early year. And by April, May, hopefully I'm jammed and we're good for the year. Not an answer, man. <laughs> it's not. It's not a good answer, in my opinion. It, it works, you know. It keeps you stressed out. Um, <laughs> that's the that's the answer you give it to the priest in the confessional booth. You know what I mean? You just give him just enough information to think that he's like, okay, you know, son, you're doing all right. Yeah. Or that's that you're not in church for the rest of the afternoon. Exactly yeah. right. It's not a good enough answer. And to, like Stats Canada, it's kind of funny. Is that uh, I think it's like ninety percent of podcasts if they don't go past show number fifteen. Oh, really? They never extended after. They started doing Dylan Die Off, right? So it's interesting. we got to wrap it up. I want to yeah. I want to do the 12 questions with you guys. Revelate here. Nick and Agostino, uh, Revelate, www.revelate.com, info at revelate.com. And on IG, it's revelate. Uh, so, sorry. It's uh, revelate.inc, which is Inc. And then on Facebook and TikTok, it's revelate with no dot. Ready for the 12 questions? It's hammer. Cool. <laughs> Who do you want going first? We'll, we'll just go back and forth. I'll start with you, August. You know, um, what everyday sound brings you, everyday sound brings you guys joy. Everyday sound. What My daughter, sound? daughter and son crying at five o'clock in the morning. Oh, I don't have kids, so uh, maybe the nice roar of an engine. What is your favorite beverage? Hmm, depends on the day. But if it's hot outside, a Negroni. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's cold outside, a Guinness. Aside from the basic coffee, I like the more complex, uh, like spicy uh, mezcal margarita. I tell you, back of a Swiss watch. <laughs> He's the guy that goes to a bar high. Can I? Can I see what you're using as a measuring cup? I don't. I don't. I don't uh, like this. And, and for that Guinness, morning, noon, night, afternoon, oh. like anywhere in the world. I would say after cold? eleven. After eleven, open season. Uh, what's your least favorite tool? Screwdriver. I gotta say the channel locks, man. That, that was the worst for me. Aside from like the new, the all new the new ones, ones are, 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 are the no. new ones are a little bit better. But man, those cool ones back in the day, I feel like it was so poorly what, designed. What turns you on uh, creatively, guys? Music. You didn't hear by the intro. Genre. Um, like Backstreet Boys pop. <laughs> if you had some of those chairs in here, man, is that the right band? Is it the Backstreet Boys? <laughs> the that? Or is it in sync? Um, or is it 98 degrees? It's interesting how you know this. Just saying. Listen, boy bands are like ingrained <laughs> in the, the, the pop culture, right? Um, the old stuff. The old stuff. Yeah. Uh, Zeppelin. When there was no lip syncing and there was no sampling. When you had to actually, was actually play an instrument. You had to play an instrument and you actually had to sing and, and belt it out. And, yeah. and if there was sound problems, there were sound problems and you just drank more because that's what the night was headed. Um, but yeah. And the, and the early stuff too. Sinatra was, you know, I think a fan favorite. Dean, the Rat Pack. Yeah. For me, going for a run 
it clears my mind completely and so many ideas flow from there man nice what word or concept do you guys find overused these days mm-hmm. i'm sure you've heard a lot of them repeatedly i say ah. this one here i got nothing on man no no thinking of the, the, the good one a uh, good one that's overused mm-hmm. or meaningless yeah this one's a tough one right. can't think of anything right now no what's your favorite curse word hmm. can't say it okay you know i'm not <laughs> forcing anybody to do that i, I only force I think people i say to i think i say fuck like a million times a day so probably that one I not derogatory of course it's com- no. it's because when we have conversations like meetings i try to count just how many times it's hilarious just have one of those bounce never single yeah. digits like that, eh? yeah but that's the thing i'm gonna have to explain that what's happening <laughs> you'll get it we'll talk about it we're just end. counting what's your favorite vehicle guys in the world anything in the world oh i like the new shiny stuff so <laughs> nice mclaren right now i think they got the uh, artura that's a hybrid mm-hmm. turbo and electric it's beautiful, man. The the lines flow. It's awesome. Mm. Any type Jag. Any type Jag? E type. Oh, an E type. 68, 72. I'm more of the old stuff. Oh, yeah. Or, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big James Dean fan, so a 550 Spider. So both of them, you need goggles. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, one of those. And the helmet. Uh, what do you guys miss from your childhood? Oh, man. Just being able to, to go outside and and mix it up actually see people play stuff like that uh you know i see with my kids not so much they're still very young but i see a lot you know just trying to figure this whole thing out as a parent that stuff doesn't happen as much as it used to and it it immediately makes me nostalgic Mm. for me i got one of those big italian families so we we used to get together every weekend in the summer you know go to wasaga 100 people there barbecue games it was fantastic i saw a meme the other day that kind of just tug at me where it's like it was saying there was um that last time that you and your friends hung out at night when the street lights went on mm. like you had no idea that was the last time that yeah. you guys were going to do that but there was that last time that ever happened mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i still don't remember when that last time was but there was a last time right mm-hmm. uh what term or phrase resonates with you guys who you are and your core what's revelate all about um you know this is probably more on the personal side but blends into revelate um and i can't you know quote this because that, that i created it but i heard this from uh not an influencer but a personal development coach if you fight for your limitations you get to keep them mm. i used to tell myself that with everything but let's just use uh you know i, I can't remember anybody's name you know, I kept used to, I keep used to, uh, I kept telling myself that, that I'm terrible at remembering names or I have a terrible memory. And I found that once I stopped telling myself that, almost instantly it went away. Ford is a, a big inspiration, has always been an inspiration to me growing up. Um, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. That's a, that one's a big one. And um, one of my mentors, uh, Take care of people and they'll take care of you. Yeah. If you guys could speak to, or sorry, uh, if you could master a skill outside of your own expertise, what would it be? Hmm. Well, you used to be a trade. You had trade around <sighs> you. But it doesn't oh have to be trade related. It could be anything. Yeah. It could be anything. Um, yeah, that's a list. Um, 
That's a good question, though. I'd like to be a pilot. Like, the helicopter specifically. That's hard work. That's why I say it, because it's fascinating. Like, being, sitting in one of those things and all the shit you got to do at the same time. But you don't mind you, when I was a kid and I got my motorcycle license and then I quickly realized that all four of your limbs are doing something at any given time, upshift or downshift. I mean, a helicopter's a lot more intense than that, but that's basically what's going on mm -hmm. is like you're, I guess it's the mental thing. Right. What about you, For me, this is probably going to sound um, maybe a little. I don't know. I don't want to say basic, but uh, I want to do public speaking one day. So maybe either something like a TED Talk, or even get into podcasting like yourself. If you haven't noticed, that Nick took over most of the communication here. I was going to say, you should have told me to talk less. If you guys could speak to a historical figure, who would it be, and what would you ask? It would be Ford for sure. Ford, eh? And uh, when did you realize that, you know, th there was no limitations? Yeah, it's true because it doesn't seem like it was. Or what there was, he figured out a way around it. Right. Or maybe he got pissed off one day. Just said, fuck this. I'm going to go a little out there and say Einstein. Einstein's I love space. Been coming yeah. up quite a bit. Yeah? Yeah, that's good. I just watch all those space, you know, those space shows and just... I want to know what he's thinking about up there, man. The whole quantum theory, all that. We're going to blow ourselves up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Nothing for concept, overused, meaningless these days. You can skip it. It's fine. I'm going to skip that one. I'm trying to think. If we could circle back, maybe I'll have something. I got one more question before that one. That's fine. After that one, I mean. I'm drawing a blank, dude. Uh, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say right when you arrive at those pearly gates? Well done. That was just the beginning. Huh. <laughs> That's an interesting one. Interesting. Imagine. I'll take the door to the left. <laughs> Good luck just to you. Just the beginning. I'm done. I'm tapped <laughs> out, man. I'm tapped out. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank Pleasure you. chatting thank with you, you man. So and awesome. hopefully people will reach out. You, you definitely encourage them to reach out to, to start talking, and then you guys will just start having a conversation at that point, right? So Absolutely. It's all good. Revelate, Nick and Agostino here, and it's www.revelate.com, info at uh, revelate.com, and revelate.inc on Instagram, and then revelate.no.inc on uh, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn. That's it, man. Thank awesome. you, man. We're awesome. done. Thank, thank you, Angelina. We're out of here.